The younger generation aren't troubled by the differences uh, within society, they just accept them. If you want a better world, then we need to sort these things out. Being trans is a gender identity issue, it's not a sexuality issue. And I just don't understand why, why a government would want to stop someone being who they truly are. Hello and welcome to the Rewire podcast, a podcast that aims to rewire the real estate industry one story at a time. In this podcast, we talk about all things diversity and inclusion, from gender, ethnicity, background and sexuality, to the diversity of roles there are in the industry, the diverse skill sets required, and the need for diverse and inclusive thinking. I'm your host, Sam McClary, and on today's episode, I'm talking to Antonia Belcher, partner of building consultancy MHBC, about the fund that she's set up to support trans activism. Over the next 20 minutes or so, you'll find out why Antonia has established the Antonia and Andrea Belcher Trans Fund, what its aims and ambitions are, and how the real estate community can help. Antonia, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much for inviting me in. Absolute pleasure. pleasure. I'm really excited to hear about um, the work that you're doing because I think it's, it's super important and I think it's really important that this industry hears about it. Um, so can you sort of set the scene for us, I suppose, sort of why you have launched this fund? Okay. It, it, we, I started it last year in the summer, um, and it, it took a little while to get going. I'd been thinking about doing it, and then I met someone who gave me the means to, to implement it. His name is Elliot Vaughan, and he's a partner at uh, Boston Consulting Group, and he's established a charity that's called Give Out. Now, it's a charity that's there to help people create uh, funds um, where they have a particular interest and to give those people the machinery, the charity machinery behind being able to raise funds and ensure that they're distributed to worthy causes. So why did I do this? Um, As a trans woman, um, I I think some people will will know my history. I I transitioned uh, between 2000 and 2003. Um, being born a boy but knowing I was not a boy and I was a girl but had to uh, keep that in the box until I was able to transition. Um, Following my transition I kept a low profile till till 2010 out of respect for family allowing them to adjust to to what was going on and from from 2010 I started talking about my journey and how it had not been um, a a troublesome journey. It actually had been one that was successful for me and my family, enabled me to transition to be the true person I am and work as the true person I am and still maintain my family around me and share the love um, and all the things that I created as that man, but obviously having a secret. So from 2010, started talking about what it was like to be trans, um, talking about um, people's journeys and, and how, pe- how the cisgender world, uh, cisgender means everyone who's not trans, could, could help their, their fellow trans colleagues, uh, both at work and socially. And so from 2010, I, I met a lot of LGBT um, uh, people who were likewise trying to do, do good and, and move the dial within this sphere. 
and I started giving to various charities. Um, but I was giving to charities that labelled themselves as LGBT plus, and um, I never really thought to ask where the money was going and how it was being distributed and really what causes it was going to support. Um, I just had this belief that when you give to a, a charity um, and they have a label that says what their, their operation is, that it's going to get distributed. And for a few years I did that and then I started to think, may maybe also because I was reading around the subject, I had been, been approached by a lot of um, human rights um, organisations asking me to assist and get involved on the trans side, uh, not so much in the UK, but around the world. And I then started asking these charities, do you, do you mind telling me how much of my donation is actually helping a trans cause? And in most cases, I was met with a, with a silence and almost a, what a cheek that you go to ask us this and put us on the spot. Um, and I began, began to realise that actually they didn't know. And, and, and if it was, um, it probably was a very small amount. I, I rather suspected it probably was zero. Now, I'm, I might be doing a lot of charities a disservice by saying that because obviously my reach in, in, in investigating um, couldn't be that wide. But it was just those ones that I was giving to. So um, I, I naturally thought, right, um, well, maybe I need to investigate more. So I started looking around what was happening and in the UK there are there are trans charities and they're all doing great things but they tend to be very small and they tend to be focused on a, an aspect, um, a, a childhood, uh, transgender matters, um, medical matters, things specific to, to the person who started that cause. Um, and what I wanted to do was was really look, look at the, the sort of hearts and minds attitude towards uh, the transgender community and the world at large. And that was born out of experiences that I, I had taken with me th through the period of transitioning and then, then having the support of my family and uh, what was happening at work. And I'd begun, I had realized that um, we, we do generationally have a divided view of the subject of diversity and inclusion. And, and I know a lot is being done within the corporate world and society at large to help the older generations um, change. Um, uh, but if you have direct experience of the young and um, the, the very young, my, my children at the time when I transitioned, they ranged from the age of 11 to 19. And I had such a mature response from my eldest boy, which helped my younger children to, to deal with my change and that I was going through, that I, I just realised that that generation don't have a lot of the unconscious bias that we tend to carry in our generation. And, and if they do, um, if they have been nurtured in a, in a way where they might have the bias, it, it, they're very quick to talk about the subject and to, to correct that. And it's not like an innate bias that they don't want to be challenged over or wrestled with. So I found it really refreshing. Um, my three children um, readily accepted the change I was going through. Um, they didn't challenge me. I, I never had any challenge at all. And they actually collaborated with me, and in and in their own response, they made it easier for my my, my brothers and sister, my mother, my family, um, to to adapt. Um, and I found it immensely powerful. And I realised that actually the younger generation do have a different outlook. And by 2010, when I was talking about 
the, the family and talking about the experiences I had. Um, it was it was sort of developing and flowering in that my kids were inviting me to meet their friends and they were sharing me with their friends, which was pretty unusual because, you know, I was a different generation. But I was enjoying it and I, and I found it so refreshing. And it sort of just taught me that just, I, know, I know we got a lot of pushback at the moment in westernized countries towards um, and, and the, the pushback is... I think it's it's generated from a political environment that that is is not right, but but generally I realise that the younger generation aren't troubled by the differences uh, within society. They just accept them and they, they 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 welcome them and they want to talk about it and they want to share it and they want to understand what the difference is about and what it means. And so it was a breath of fresh air for me. It sort of made me realise that actually the westernised countries are, are going in the right direction. There's going to be pushbacks, uh, but generally we're going in the right direction. E- even to the extent where you know maybe I'm I'm you know uh, glass half full or rose tinted glasses in outlook, but I think with one or two generations we could wash out a lot of homophobia and transphobia that still remains in in, in certainly in the UK. You've got to be glass half full for that, haven't you? We've all got to hope for that. <laughs> I, I yes, I mean I am a very I, I I'm probably a glass totally full person <laughs> if I'm truthful, um, and I think that's helped helped my experiences and helped what I've done. Um, but yes, you you do have to look on the positive side. Um, I suppose I draw more strength from smaller good things than maybe a lot of people would say I shouldn't do that. I, sh- I don't deserve to do that, but but I do, and and that, that's how I operate. Um, so on the on the strength of that on on the strength of that outlook, um, I just thought, well, maybe the bit of help I can do to to the world and to to the transgender community is to help those communities who are not at the, at this current time as lucky as I am. Now, I know there'll be a lot of people around the UK transitioning who still find it very difficult and, and, and have, uh, you know, experiences that, 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 that shouldn't be the case. But I just have this view that, um, you know, if we're going to make the world a better place, we, we need to get it more parallel and more equal. Um, and, and from a trans perspective, of course, we have many countries still in, in the world where being a trans um, is criminalised. Um, it's illegal to be the true you, and in some cases, it's a threat to your your life. Uh, can be life threatening. Now, uh, you know, I'm not going to go into all why why that's the case, but but you know, we still have many um, countries that are affiliated via the Commonwealth or through you know, British uh, imperialism over uh, the past, and you know, in a lot of cases, um, th- this this. Uh, transphobia and and homophobia has to to a degree been exported by Britain in the first place which mm. is which is a shame and again i just feel that it's a it's a good thing to be trying to help correct that so i set the charity up with the aim of supporting activists who are working in countries where being their true selves or being tra- being a, an out trans person and living a happy life is is frowned upon um, either criminalised or, or just not accepted by society. And it, it's remarkable how many uh, organisations that are establishing themselves in, in parts of the world where it is difficult. 
Um, but of course, the problem is, is they get no support. Um, the, they rely on what charitable um, support there can be. But, but of course, a, a government that criminalises trans is not going to welcome a trans charity. And it, it works very hard to, to stop any support getting to these people. So um, linking up with Give Out, uh, with Elliot's operation, which has only just started over the last year or so. In fact, I, I think it was the first fund that, that was um, put in place uh, with Give Out. And, and it was remarkable because Give Out won Breakthrough Charity of the Year at the Third Sector Awards last year. And it was largely on, uh, uh, based on what their, their modus operandi is. And that the first one that they started was a trans-focused charity. Mm. Um, so how, how does it work? Um, what um, uh, give out have a team and they're reaching out across the globe. Um, they've created three or four other specific charities since um, the one that I've established um, and they're focused on areas, specific areas. Some of these are sponsored by, by wealthy gay men. Um, who have a particular either a family interest uh, one's based around South Africa um, another is based in in Asia um, and they've got new new things coming forward um, so they're building a team now which which has the resource to do the research um, to open up the channels direct to the the organizations um, that are trying to make change and they then supply the funding, they, they keep monitor them, um, provide the feedback, um, and to, they will create the ability for me, in my case, to meet the people. Um, they come over to the UK, I sit down and talk to them about what they're trying to do and why and understand the dynamic. And then I will agree with Give Out that we should adopt them as, as, a, um, a, don as a, a grantee so that we can raise funds for them. Fantastic. Can you can you talk to us a little bit about um, what those, I, I guess, the methods that those activists are using? I thought, you know, if we're trying to make the world a parallel and equal place, what what can what can activists do? Is it about education? Is it about um, law change? Is it about um, you know sort of trying to bring people to, together and just this wider un understanding of of the world as it sh as it should be? Yes. So um, at at this early stage level, the the help is directed at um, exactly that education and creating networks and groups. Um, we, we've had a bit of success in the recent month um, with um, uh, one of the uh, groups we donated to at the end of the year, um, and I met them in October. They came over was uh, as a trans group that specifically started three years ago in Jamaica, and uh, and and they're doing great things, and they're really getting themselves sorted out and becoming a, a voice. They have they have access to to um, government and community to talk about being trans which a lot of people will think that's quite surprising particularly with Jamaica mm. but they are doing it but of course um, you know they're part of the Caribbean um, they're part of a region where there's an awful lot of islands and um, their difficulty was creating a network where they could get a uniform Caribbean voice and represent the Caribbean because they're going to be more powerful representing more com countries than just their one island and so with the funding that we raised through last year and granted to them before Christmas, they've now created that Caribbean-wide group. 
um, called UCA, UNC Trans, um, and it is now officially uh, operating and it's linking all the islands. And so it, it's it's fundamentally trying to establish that network and get a wider voice um, because obviously it takes money to do that. The, the activists, they've already popped their head above parapet, they're already saying what they think is right and where their own, own country's morals and ethics and uh, values aren't right and they're pushing that, but what they do is they need the support, they need the wider support, they need the governments to see that they're not just a lone voice, not just a little splinter group, they actually represent a reasonable size of the population, which which in my heart I know is the case. Mm. I mean, one of the problems with the trans communities anywhere in the world is that there's very little statistics, very little data, and that's largely because most trans people won't put their hands up and say they are until they're transitioning, and then a vast portion of those that do transition become stealth because they don't want people to know their past so they sort of almost you know lead another double life by not admitting their trans to 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 all of us and and therefore it, it distorts the numbers uh, of the trans community a sort of self-perpetuating problem in the until people feel comfortable enough yep. you're not going to get the stats and people aren't going to be feel comfortable enough until you've got the stats so. absolutely yeah, yeah. So, so um, a similar um, developing situation is happening in the Pacific Asia islands. Um, Tonga being the Jamaica in this case, where where there is a good group that's been established a few years, and they um, and I met them when they came over for the Commonwealth Heads of Government um, parliamentary meetings towards the end of last year and again it's a similar situation they just need funding so that they can get a wider reach across all the islands um, get them all joined up get talking form the network um, show show the um, the need for change and and then they can press for that so we're expecting similar things to develop there but then on the the counter to this is is there are situations i'm afraid where you know it 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 isn't good and 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 you know obviously i'm not going to talk too much about specific countries because it wouldn't be right but um you know there are er- areas of the world where you know well maybe i should say i mean obviously you've got Czechia with with the gay the purge on gay men but equally turkey has been um particularly abhorrent with with trans people and um it's you know, there's a sort of a, you know, it's, it's okay to attack a trans woman, even 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 seriously harm her in Turkey. It's almost a fair game, and that's promoted by the government. And therefore, um, one of the funds we also supported last year is a Balkans fund on the fringes of Turkey, which is doing a lot of work to help those actually being affected by what's going on. Um, I have a I have an aim which. Um, I'm discussing with give out that you know maybe you know once we get better established and we've got more funding we can create some form of emergency fund where if people are you know um, put in prison and need bail or, or people have been hurt and need medical care you know there is a fund that that can be an emergency fund that can be drawn on and it's something that we're discussing with give out um, I mean, there are other funds operating in the globe that are trying to help trans, but but they tend to be bigger funds run out of things like the United Nations um, or or human rights uh, operation, and they're not fleet of foot. They can't they can't send funds that quickly. They have to go through a protocol that is much more rigorous. And um, at the moment, we're obviously applying rigor to what we're doing, um, but it's 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 backed on the education, helping networks establish 
getting communications going. Um, I think it would be just nice to be able to publicise that there is this, albeit small fund, but a fund where if someone really is in trouble that, you know, they can call some help. I hope that will come. Let's, let's talk about fund, because fundraising is dif- is difficult. Yes. Um, really difficult. Um, how do you plan to raise those funds? How much do you need? How much is the... Um, the trans charities out there at the moment, how much are they getting? I think I read it was a very tiny amount, £7,500 or something it's, ridiculous. It's, it's a pittance. It is an absolute pittance. Um, we managed to raise from June to Christmas just under £25,000 in six months. Um, so p- part of that is me. I'm seed funding the charity uh, personally for three. It's, 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 it's a matched basis. So um, whatever I raise, I match. Um and we managed to raise that 25 and we've we've donored out straight away by the end of the year um 20k of it um so we're just leaving some residual funds a- again if there is a, an emergency ch- situation but i've started raising again this year it's a calendar year basis and i've agreed to do that for three years to get this charity going um the give out crew are immensely helpful because they're charging no management charge for all they're doing for the first two years of those three um, which means every penny that I raise is going straight out of the door and will be used. Um, in the third year, we'll sit down and talk about a realistic management charge based on the achievements, what we've managed to do, what it's actually costing them. Because, you know, one of my, my keen ideas is is to have the lowest management charge that can be applied um, because, you know, it is a small charity, but it's a charity that, that is, um, you know, not competing with anyone else and um, so we should be fleet of foot and, and lean in the way we operate. I think Give Out and would like me to keep going after the three years and they know that if it's not a sensible management charge they risk me not <laughs> continuing. Um, but I mean obviously you know, I will con- you know, for, for all those that are listening in don't tell Give Out but I will continue. <laughs> um, but um, yeah no it is difficult and at the moment um, what we've raised is just me talking to people I know um, twisting their arm a bit um, and I've had some fantastic responses um, the the first the first donor almost in when I just sent uh, an email around uh, um, a close connection group was Kelpray and I just thought it was brilliant that a you know a, a demolitions um, you know the, the, the muck and bullet side of the business <laughs> were the first to give and you know they gave a sizable donation um, and I know that, well, I'm hoping you are guys, but I know you've said you'll do the same this year. Mm. And I just think it's fantastic that you can get that response from our industry. Um, I, I've yet to, um, I, I sort of made a select approach last year. And um, when I get five minutes, I'll be sitting down and going through the telephone book and, and fi- email book and finding all those other contacts that I think <laughs> might want to help me. Well, le- well, let's use those five minutes now. So why should anyone listening to this podcast and we uh, encourage everyone to share it around to anyone who um, hasn't listened yet because it's very important why should our our industry the built environment get involved i think if you so so i became a grandmother a week and a half ago congratulations for, for the first time and so um uh, and jensen anthony is a boy and you know i like to think that you know when he's able to travel around the world he will be able to go to any country in this world and talk about his grandmother about antonia and not have to think about what he's saying and why he's saying it um so if if 
if you want a better world, then we need to sort these things out. Um, you know, I th I th I'm not. I could say, you know, we sort of have an obligation. We're English. Um, you know, we should clear up some of the messes with our, our previous generations have caused. Um, but it's just the human, the human side, and the construction industry. Uh, you know, we build everywhere. We build homes for everyone. We we work in all those societies and those cities, where where people like me are, you know, initially hiding our true selves, and we're working with one hand behind our back, um, and we're trying to, you know, get the the gumption up to to just say who we are and be who we are. Um, so I, I think we're in an industry that, that, that should respond. Um, but it's not about just industry, it's just about us being people. Do we want a better world for our children, our grandchildren? I certainly do. Um, and, you know, I think the, the problem, one of the other problems that worries, uh, worries me a little bit is, is there is a lot of change within the, um, the gay world, you know, the, 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 the trans being transgender you're like 20 years maybe even more behind the, the gay uh, fraternity who have managed to achieve so much in in the recent couple, uh, recent 20 years um, but if you look at the countries where same-sex um, relationships are being recognized and there's been quite a remarkable um, level of recognition over the last year um, in all of those countries it wasn't the same for being trans and you know this being trans is a gender identity issue it's not a sex sexuality issue um, and I just don't understand why why a government would want to stop someone being who they truly are mm. you know all, all I ever wanted and, and I'm, I know most well every trans person wants is just to be like a cisgender person just to have a nice job you know happy life partners hopefully kids be a part of the family that you were born into and, and that's really all we want um, and that's the same around the whole world. Just look everywhere. You know, look at there's there's countries which are as as good as the UK in in this response. Not many, but there are some, and and it's, and the the, the the parallel is identical. It's it's not a huge ask, is it, to, <laughs> to want to be happy and um, and be yourself? Yeah. Um, but it at the same time, it's is a massive ask in in some countries around the world. Um, but I think. You know, if this industry, which has such huge power, we've we've talked about it before, um, can do a little something, then you know those those little things create big um, yeah. change, don't they? So absolutely. If if we actually analyse the char charitable giving, um, you know, when if the trans population is one percent of the world's population, as is generally said, I think it's higher. But if it was, you know, one percent of charitable giving directed in that direction for for all matters trans, from healthcare to 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 so social care to whatever, you know, there would be a lot of money floating around. Um, but but that's not happening, and so uh, you know, this is why we're doing what we're doing, and ho hopefully we will get traction, and and we will. We'll continue the good work we've done so far, um, albeit that it's early days. Um, but yeah. So if um, the real estate industry wants to give 1% of its charitable giving to, to you and your fund, um, how would they do that? How do they get in touch with you? They can either uh, get in contact with me or go direct to give out to Rupert, who's the director there, um, and he will administer the whole process. Um, there'll always be someone that will be their point of contact um, and take them through it. And uh, obviously, it's a it's a, uh, an official charity, so grant aid, uh, um, give uh, give aid is is um, a part of it. Um, so, I I from a tax point of view, if, if participating tax and the the, the uh, donation is increased, 
um, and we're producing a, um, um, a quarterly news sheet which is updating what progress is being made. Um, and we've been meeting with the primary donors through the course of last year. Um, and some of them I, I, I meet at other things that I'm doing. I, I invite them to talks and speeches so that we can talk about and keep up to date on, on what's going on. But so, yes, yeah, so they'll become sort of a, a friend of the fund, really, and which is a nice way to do it. Um, and I and, and I hope um, in the fullness of time, you know, as we make better progress, you know, we can report more frequently and put more substance behind it. A friend of the fund and allowing people to be happy in who they are. I think there's 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 no easier sell than that. So I think hopefully they'll um, put hands in pockets and and give you a call, and um, we'll um, meet back here um, next year and we'll talk about the amazing amounts of money that you've raised and the amazing difference that you're making around the world. <laughs>